0: So, can I make this a Grey's Anatomy podcast real quick?
1: <laughs> Should we sync our audio first and then... Oh, that's a
0: good idea. Okay. <laughs> One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Okay, so, newsflash, in case you haven't heard, is that Harry Shum Jr. Has, is on Grey's Anatomy now. You, yes. I mean, you, Christina, you know that. But the audience, you might not know that because mm-hmm. you may have stopped watching Grey's Anatomy ten years ago and this is the first time you're hearing that it's still on. <laughs> So Harry Shum Jr. is on Grey's Anatomy as new intern, named uh, Benson, nicknamed Blue Kwan, Blue for Blue Ribbon, because all he does is win, 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 no, no matter, matter what. what. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his establishing character moment came near the end of the 19th season premiere. Yes, 19 seasons. Jesus. Came near the end of the premiere, where, okay, so content warning for like just medical drama stuff. Mm -hmm. There was a bus crash and a bunch of people got rendered brain dead. So the main crux of the episode was navigating organ donations. And there's one person who his mom refused to believe that he was brain dead and that he had next to no chance of waking up. So she was getting the doctors to do the tests again, calling her family doctor in to do tests, etc, etc. When she's finally on the cusp of accepting it, uh, Harry Shum Jr.'s character comes over to her and he says, Listen, When my brother died, I was terrified. I was beside myself too. But then he donated a whole bunch of his organs and he helped save a lot of lives. And this convinces the mom to allow the kid to be taken off life support and do a triple organ donation because that was the thing. He was a triple match for another woman who needed like three different organs at once. Oh, wow. And so while he's walking away with another intern, the other intern, Simone, she says, wow, your brother saved a lot more lives today again. And Harry Sherman Jr. says, I don't have any siblings. I just wanted to scrub in on a triple organ donation.
1: It's kind of an asshole move.
0: I know, I love it. Uh, and then he sleeps with, Ad- in, in episode three, he gets to sleep with Adelaide Kane of Power Rangers and C- the CW's Reign fame.
1: Huh. Good for them?
0: I mean, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see indeed. We'll,
0: we'll have to see how the rest of the series goes. Yeah, really. Who knows, maybe one of them will get hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. I accidentally got Lindsay, I don't think Lindsay's watching Grey's Anatomy, but she definitely went on a deep dive of the wiki.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's texting me intermittently through the night, and she's like, oh my god, how many love interests did this woman have? And I'm like, well, she did have a tumor, so.
1: How does that, how does that a qualifier, Tanner?
0: <laughs> because it was, ex- uh, it was affecting her decision-making processes. Oh, okay. So it was just like, they they kind of said, oh, I think all the weird, bad decisions you've made over the past, like... 10 years is because you've had a grapefruit-sized tumor pressing down on your frontal lobe.
1: Grapefruit-sized?
0: Yeah, oh, that thing was massive.
1: How is there room for anything else in her brain?
0: <laughs> it's the of medicine, baby.
1: I feel like doing a Grey's Anatomy recap podcast would be the only way that I could get my brother to consider doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Is your brother a Grey's Anatomy fan? No, but he is uh, currently working in getting a degree in medicine, so...
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, out of my friends and family, he is the one who who has the most expertise. (laughs) (laughs) But also, he is very busy, and so, again, I don't know when he would have the time to do a podcast.
0: (laughs) Because he's busy being in Grey's Anatomy.
1: See, the crazy thing is, I don't... Is, I think he would have a good shot at being in Grey's Anatomy, because, like, he has good charisma, and, I mean... He's- he's my brother, but objectively, he- he- he looks good, fine, I guess. But- but also, uh, again, he is very busy. (laughs) And I don't think that Grey's Anatomy could pay him enough money to get him to stop doing his degree and move away from literally everyone (laughs) that he knows and is related to, to go film in- I don't know, wherever they film-
0: I gotta assume at Los Angeles. I don't think they film on location in Seattle.
1: Well, I was gonna say either it's either Los Angeles or it's somewhere in Canada for the sake of cheaper filming, possibly.
0: That's only for sci-fi series,
1: huh? Because because
0: okay. Vancouver looks vaguely futuristic? Question mark.
1: I actually do not know because I don't watch much.
0: Pretty much the entire Arrowverse filmed in Vancouver.
1: Ah, yeah, that'd do it. At this point, I feel like Grayson and Ani should just like start. Should start crossing over with other TV shows. Like they're atoms in a gas, just randomly ricocheting into, oh, someone from Young Sheldon shows up. <laughs> 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 the guy from Quantum Leap just leaps into the body of one of the instructors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I feel like we've had that exact same discussion. Have we? Of, of how Grey's Anatomy has been on long enough and should start crossing over. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was in a dream. I've had weird dreams. Yeah, same. (laughs) I have always thought it would make sense for there to be a Grey's Anatomy crossover with Bones. Bones is done now. But Mm -hmm. what if they found some Bones? I mean, I guess they did find some Bones, but that was after Bones had finished. So they couldn't come talk about the Bones there.
1: Oh, here we go. I've got a good crossover. Do you know what channel Grey's Anatomy airs on in the US?
0: ABC. It's owned by Disney.
1: Okay, so I think that means then that Grey's Anatomy should cross over with this TV show that I just discovered for the like, as of now, which is called So Help Me Todd, which stars Skylar Astin of Pitch Perfect fame as a private (laughs) investigator who starts working for his mom's law firm. And it's about mothers and sons.
0: Skylar Astin showed up on Grey's Anatomy too. Oh, he has? Yeah, I think he was a pediatrician who was also terrible in bed.
1: At this point, who hasn't shown up on Grey's Anatomy, honestly?
0: Me. <laughs> I'm the only person, everyone else, you were on Grey's Anatomy, Christina, don't you remember?
1: If I had been on Grey's Anatomy, then I would have gotten a paycheck from it.
0: Maybe it was just your sonogram. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like Lindsay when she was the, the sonogram on Murder, she wrote.
1: <laughs> and we should clarify that we mean uh Lindsay Pierce who plays Harmony, not our friend Lindsay. <laughs>
0: You never know; it could have been our friend Lindsay.
1: That'd have been buck wild, but also, I-, I think we are drawing close to orbiting talking about the episode, so let's do that. <laughs>
0: speaking of speaking of <laughs> Glee, do you want to speak of Glee?
1: Yeah, let's speak of the show that we're actually su- that this podcast is actually supposed to be about. <laughs>
0: Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we rip this show Tanner and Christina gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening, you're listening To Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me. It's a Glee recap and review podcast, and holy shit do we need it for this episode. I'm Tanner, and <laughs> sit down, girl! I think I love you!
1: <laughs> my name is Christina, and no! Get up, girl! Show me what you can do! <laughs> and I actually only peaked my audio once, so I'll take that as a win. <laughs> Congratulations!
0: This week, we're talking about the episode Hold On To 16 for as long as we can. It was directed by Bradley banker and written by Ross Maxwell. It was released on December 6th. I was about to say 16th. I don't know why. December 6th, 2011. And... It's an episode that's not good. It's held together. You're you if you're remembering this episode, you're thinking about this episode, you're saying, no, this episode was amazing. Let me stop right there. The songs were amazing. <laughs> the episode is kind of a chain wreck.
1: I we we'll talk about this more, but the vibes that I was getting were like, this had the vibes of like, oh god, it's the end of the season, and we need to wrap up all the loose plot threads. <laughs> Like, I literally have a list at the end of my notes about all the different plot threads, subplots, B-plots, D-plots that got resolved in this episode.
0: All the different threads, all the different threads running through my head, running through my head, running through my head.
1: (laughs) I don't, I don't know what that's quoting.
0: This is not enough. I don't, I don't know that, Tanner. Christina, it's all the things she said. All the things she said. Running through my head, running through my head, running through my head. I haven't heard that song before. <laughs> you have never heard that with the with the lesbians in the Russian Lesbian Zoo? No. Hang on,
1: no. Hang on, I have to. Sh- Tanner, we can listen to that after the podcast episode. I promise okay, you that I will the link listen in there to it. So you can listen to it later. <laughs> I promise. As soon as we finish talking about the episode, I will listen to it. <laughs>
0: I am absolutely floored by the fact that you don't know this song.
1: Tanner, this might shock you, but I was not super. I did not listen to much Russian lesbian pop music growing up. It was the Beatles and Disney. But it got international acclaim. It was a '90s jam. I, I, we are not that far apart in age. But again, Disney. We're not Beatles. far apart
0: in age at all. We're like the, I thought we were a few years, but we're like three months apart in age, Christina.
1: No, it's not three months. It's like. Eight months? Nine months? Something like that?
0: Ah, Three to nine months is the same thing, basically.
1: Whatever. It's fine.
0: We gotta get into this, Christina. This is the most notes I've ever written down.
1: (laughs) Surprisingly, this is not the most notes that I've ever taken, but I was also uh, trying to take them super quick before we started today, so we're good.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's a good thing I slept in (laughs) (laughs) then.
1: No, I, I had plenty of time. But yeah, I I think this episode made Tanner uh, significantly more feral than it made me. So
0: yeah, maybe this episode was the reason I had insomnia last night.
1: Possibly, given that I think you were you you were texting me about this episode at timestamp in my time twelve fifty eight a m.
0: Okay, no, so that that, yeah, that was just for midnight my time.
1: Yeah, still though. Previously on Glee, I didn't write down anything in the recap, but I saw in the episode description that, oh, Finn goes to get Sam back, and I just wrote, Sam is back!
0: Uh, The version I watched didn't even have a previously on. They're like, no, we're abandoning you to the wolves. Handle it. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Maybe that's when I had to take any notes on it then.
0: (laughs) You better fucking know Glee at this point.
1: I mean, yeah, given how much this episode just does everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It starts off with Quinn uh, approaching Rachel, and she's like, I thought you weren't allowed in the school. And Rachel's like, I can get my homework, and then I have to leave immediately. Uh, and then Qu- and Quinn says, Well, guess what? Uh, we're going to win anyways, because I'm going to get Shelby fired for sleeping with a student. And Rachel says, What? You can't get Shelby fired? That's wrong. And Beth would be sad.
1: <laughs> the-, the point that Rachel makes is that even though even though Shelby and Puck sleeping in together is immoral and gross, it's not technically illegal. But she also points out that if you destroy Shelby's livelihood, then you are going to destroy your daughter, your biological daughter's life. Because Shelby won't have a job anymore to provide support, or medical care. And I don't think that CPS would say, let's give her back to her bio-mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we've already established that, like, that's not how CPS works, and Beth yeah. would be shunted into a foster system.
1: Yeah. And Rachel says, like, oh, wh- what if you didn't, Quinn? And then she walks away, and then we... We cut to the glee room where Will and Finn are going through sheet music because what a fucking surprise. It's the week of sectionals and they don't have a set list yet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They don't even have choreography. No. And then Finn is like, we're spending too much time thinking of music. Well, we need a star power. We need Sam Evans.
1: And like, I'm not going to complain about bringing Sam back. But also then Will is like, but Finn, we don't know where Sam is. He moved and his be- his family moved and he transferred and he's been off the grid. And Finn is like, you know, we have Facebook, right? Yeah. Actually, my exact notes verbatim were Finn tells Will they need Sam back. But where did he go? Facebook.
0: Also, like, they already knew he was in Kentucky in the season premiere. Like, that's what Mercedes says. They knew that Sam moved to Kentucky. Even without Facebook, he said, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm moving to Kentucky.
1: Yeah. And Will just did not pay attention because he was... He's Will. Yeah, because he's Will. He doesn't care about anything. (laughs) Unless it's Emma.
0: Will has no object permanence when it comes to his students. (laughs) They're gone. And he's like,
1: I don't know where they went. They died of consumption. God. Uh, This is also the part in my notes where I wrote in all caps, Lindsay Pierce is in this episode! Hooray! Hooray! And then we see the gays being depressed, the lima bean.
0: Yeah, Kurt's like, me and Rachel might as well stop getting our hopes up because we'll never get into Nyada. And so we'll never get into post-secondary period because we're not applying for anywhere else. Because we're buffoons. Yeah. Blaine ignores that entire situation.
1: They're being depressed at each other. Yeah. <laughs> And Blaine is like, we're not gonna win sex in Olsen because nobody listens to me and does is like me. <laughs> and I'm extrapolating a little bit, but that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> and then Sebastian enters the scene like a shark scenting blood in the water to harass Kurt and hit on Blaine.
0: Yeah, he's like, hey Blaine, I saw your hexy, sexy hair gel from across the room.
1: And I don't remember what happened, but at some point, Blaine gets up and leaves and Kurt says, I don't like you, Sebastian. I don't like your CW hair. You should stay away from my man. And then Sebastian basically says, you should stay away from him first. Bye.
0: Although Sebastian does end up following Kurt's advice.
1: I just, uh, Jam. I know that Jam's was on like two episodes ago, but I'm sorry, James. I just really do not like him. (laughs) Sebastian that is, not Jam's. Okay. (laughs) I don't like Sebastian. (laughs) Jam's is great.
0: (laughs) But how do you feel about Grant?
1: Grant- I think Grant Gustin is fine. He's okay. fine.
0: Well, also, don't worry, the, the, the Sebastian Redemption speedrun is only a few episodes away.
1: <sighs> anyway.
0: Anyway, Finn and Rachel are already in Kentucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a four-hour drive to get across the border from Ohio into Kentucky. And they go the to- The city f- of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. And they they go to find Sam. I don't know why they were trying to find Sam- at this particular location but they end up at a dive bar.
0: They must I mean they must have either he has listed on his Facebook where he works which doesn't make sense or they had like find my phone
1: or maybe maybe Finn asked Sam like hey Sam are you still doing music and maybe Sam said yeah I'm doing some music at this one place. <laughs>
0: But but he wouldn't have told them where he works because he didn't want them to find where he works.
1: Well, you know what? Let's put this up to Rachel having Methods, with a capital M. <laughs> I'm
0: just going to say that Rachel has find my phone for every Gleek Club member's
1: phone. Yeah, that tracks. But yeah, they, they walk in and it's just a whole bunch of moms there and they don't know why. And then they find out why because a group of strippers come out. And my first concern is that... They have nicknames that don't match their outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, two people come out on stage, and the first one is a firefighter. I didn't write down what their stage name was, but then the second one is dressed as a police officer uh, whose nickname is Mr. Package. (laughs) And my note here is could they just not find a UPS costume from Legally Blonde?
0: Oh, that would have been better.
1: (laughs) Would have been better. But then the third person enters the stage. Dressed as a a construction worker. And called White Chocolate. And guess who it is, everybody?
0: Matthew McConaughey.
1: (laughs) That'd be wild.
0: Close. It's Sam.
1: Yeah, this is not Magic Mike. It's Sam.
0: This is Magic Sam. (laughs) No, I'd like to say two things. Mm -hmm. First off, God, Cordova Street's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Second of all... Sam is a junior, so the oldest he could be is 17. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously he lied about his age on the application to be a male stripper. Yeah. But still.
1: And, like, if this is something that you want to do and you are of legal age, like, I'm not gonna stop you. I'm not gonna go, but I'm not gonna stop you. (laughs) But, like, Sam is...
0: I mean, let's do it. Do we want to get the sex work talk out of the way right now?
1: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because it's, it's just, it's... Well, like,
0: I don't think anyone has dreams of going into sex work. Sex work is something that happens because you need the money. Yeah. And quite often the people in sex work, it is their best avenue. Mm.
1: And like,
0: in a perfect world, everyone doing sex work would be of age. But also, I understand, like, Sam's situation, he's underage, but he goes into it. Because his family needs the money. So, like, I I don't want to shame that. I don't think it's a good idea. It's real dangerous if you're underage because it's so easy to get taken advantage of. Yeah. But also, like, sometimes, like, in this fucked up capitalist hellhole that we live in, beggars can't always be choosers. So, that's the thing. Yeah. But, okay, so... They
1: talk about that a little bit in the episode, too. Poorly. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's bad. Which is namely that... Rachel gets a dollar from Finn, and she goes up to give it to Sam, and then he's like... (laughs) uh, I mean, the
0: the, the staging of the scene is very good, because they they all tear their clothes off, and Finn's like, oh god, I'll never be able to forget this image. Which is like, okay, work. And then Rachel (laughs) turns to Finn and immediately says, give me a dollar. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) But then she goes to give Sam the dollar, and he recognizes her, and he's like, oh no, someone knows me.
1: (laughs) Yeah blissfully we cut to after the show where he was it had it been revealed that he dropped out of school did he drop out of school
0: uh, he i don't think he no he didn't drop out of school but he quit his job at Dairy Queen because they barely paid him
1: yeah well he was earning barely above minimum wage but like he's yeah. got two younger siblings who also are i don't think we know their exact ages but they're definitely getting to that they're point young. where they start where they start growing out of clothes very very quickly yeah, and being a male stripper paid more. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to be this for my whole life, but I like being able to help provide for my family.
0: But the, Finn, Finn, and Rachel, they they do kind of shame him. It's like, I can't believe you chose this. You're throwing your life away. It's like, well, he didn't choose it. He was forced into it.
1: Yeah, like he wasn't he wasn't coerced into doing it. Let's be clear. But this is this was well. The okay, most... he's
0: underage. He he kind of was coerced into it. Probably. Yeah, But that's just the thing, is that it's not like he woke up one day like, Oh boy, I'm gonna be a stripper! <laughs> this is like, this was last on his list of options.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If this was Euphoria, he straight up <laughs> would have been, like, go- going into... You know what, you know how that sentence ending, so...
1: No, I don't, actually, because I haven't seen Euphoria, but it's okay, we don't have to get into it.
0: <laughs> you can extrapolate!
1: Yes, but... That's, I don't remember what the, what the setup is here, but basically Finn and Rachel tell Sam, like, look, like, would you like to come back with us to, oh, to Lima and McKinley? Like, we need you to help us win sectionals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, then they immediately go to his house and see his parents. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he pitches it to them like, hey, I can go back to Ohio. I'll stay with one of them. So you guys don't even have to worry about that. His parents are like Finn and Rachel. Could you go uh, make yourselves busy in another room? And <laughs> Finn says, "Sure, I'm great at looking busy." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Finn. <laughs> but then we have a we have a really nice scene with Sam and his parents, and they're like, "Look, like we know that you've been working super hard, and we really appreciate that. But like, you have had to grow up faster than you should, and especially faster than maybe the other kids in the Glee Club have, and." He says, like, I just want to be a teenager again. (laughs) And they give him a big hug and their blessing. And I love their family so much. They're so supportive of each other.
0: Yeah, Sam's mom is like, I'm going to miss seeing your face every day. But I'm not sure why Derek Queen makes you put glitter on it. (laughs) And it's probably, you know, he should tell his parents about the strip club. But maybe it's for the best that he waits until after he moves, like... Yeah. He's safely in Ohio when he calls him and says, By the way, I was a stripper. Yeah. Which is like, "Mm," would Mind you, maybe they'd be able to get a settlement if they put legal action against that place. (laughs) Maybe this was the long con.
1: (laughs) Look, whatever makes the Evans family money so they can be happy and healthy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then we cut back to McKinley where the kids are still depressed and Quinn is still scheming. (laughs) It's everyone besides Rachel and Finn- sitting together and talking about how are they gonna get people like in the Glee Club because they're still short num like they're short on numbers. They need to have at least twelve yeah. people. And they mention that they're going to recruit the drummer and the bassist from the band to also dance. And also that is the only way that they are referred to in the credits is bassist and drummer.
0: Yeah. In the dialogue they're referred to as floppy haired bass dude, Chaplux McGee, and Johnny Tromboner. <laughs> But they don't need Johnny Tromboner to be part of the the team because uh, Will shows up and he's like, we're all okay.
1: (laughs) Will and Finn enter the classroom carrying this big stack of soda cups. And my thought was like, is Will going to suggest they do a cup stacking bit for sectionals?
0: Because like,
1: this was before the cup song by Anna Kendrick swept the nation. But no, it turns out that uh, they have the cups and a bottle of sparkling cider to celebrate because Sam walks in and everybody is so happy to have him back. Yay!
0: Yay! And Sam's happy too. He's uh-huh. like, I-, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Finn and Rachel. I sort of lost my way, but true friends help you find your way back. I went way more seldom than I planned to there.
1: <laughs> it's okay. But it was also appropriate because then they break into the first musical number of this episode, which is Red Solo Cup.
0: I hate it. It's bad.
1: It's, <laughs> it's
0: it's a bad
1: song. If I had to give this song a letter grade, I would say C minus.
0: <laughs> I would say F for fuck. This is a bad song.
1: My my first note here is that somehow the intro to the song sounds like Jingle, Jingle Bell Rock cuz it goes da 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 and I'm like that's the sequence from Jingle Bill Rock. Why are you doing this? It's so weird because it's a song That is mostly spoken. Yeah. And like, Finn's just in the background vibing and going like, Woo! Every now and then. (laughs) And Kurt is sitting in the background refusing to engage with this childish solo cup nonsense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a part where Kurt looks over at Blaine and he's like, What the fuck are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. They could have sung this song in the drunk episode, and it would have fit better. This is just like, we needed a musical number for Kurt to sing. And Sam moved to Kentucky, but now he's back. So I guess Kentucky means country song?
0: They they try to make Sam a country boy, by which I mean, this is the first of two country songs they have Sam sing. He's a country boy. (sighs) Country boy, I love you. (sighs) Ah.
1: It's fine. And then when they get done singing it, Santana walks in to the Glee Club with with a notebook full of pre-written, like, insults on Sam. But she's apparently been stockpiling since he moved. And
0: I know we're not the big fans of the Chardy Mouth insults anymore because we know Court Overstreet got uh, self-conscious about it, yeah. but I'm okay with these because these are said with love. Yes. And I also wrote them all down. <laughs> Go for it. Welcome back, Lisa Welcome I've missed you so much since her family has packed their bags, loaded them into your mouth, and skipped town. Can't tell you how many times I've wanted to enjoy a crisp pickle, but couldn't find anyone to suck the lid off the jar. I assume you've been working as a baby polisher where young mothers place their infant heads in your mouth to get back that newborn shine. So glad you're back. I haven't seen a smile that big since a claymation abominable snowman got his teeth pulled by that little gay elf dentist. Love, Santana.
1: And this whole time, everyone just looks more and more appalled. But at the end of it, Sam says, like, I love you too, Santana, and gives her a big hug. And and, and she's smiling while
0: they hug too, because yeah. it's
1: a love, a love, friendship. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think if they'd had Rachel delivering this, it would have been much different. <laughs> but But why would Rachel say any of that stuff? I'm saying character relationships and also actor relationships. Ah. But they have a nice hug. And it's nice. We then cut to Quinn smizing at a clearly stressed Shelby as they pass in the hallway. But then <laughs> But then Quinn goes up to Sam in the hallway and she says, Hey Sam, so Mercedes is dating someone, sorry, but uh do you wanna date? Do you wanna be Beth's new dad?
0: <laughs> oh girl.
1: Oh god, I'm so glad that this plot is mostly resolved after this episode, I hope.
0: I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Thank god, because I'm so sick of Diana Agron having to harp on the exact same story beats every single goddamn episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, that really is the thing. It's like, there's not even development. It's just like, I'm gonna steal a baby, Quinn, you shouldn't steal a baby. I'm gonna steal a baby, Quinn, you shouldn't steal a baby.
1: I want a new baby! (laughs) I want happy family! And the nice part is that Sam's been back for a uh, rough estimate eight hours, and he flat out tells Quinn that she's got rich white girl problems, which, so good. Word. And he says, this reminds me of a line from my favorite song, Jack and Diane, and Quinn says, please don't sing. <laughs> no, then he quotes the part about hold on to 16 for as long as you can. like Quinn is
0: 18, probably.
1: No, she's 17. They say it at the end of the episode.
0: Okay. Well, on. I guess she already- Otherwise, she failed!
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, so, we- We didn't mention it, or I didn't mention it earlier, but that kind of ties into the theme of this episode, which is, hashtag, YOLO!
0: <laughs> I don't know what the theme of this episode was.
1: Live while you're young! Celebrate high school while you can! Enjoy your youth, cause you're only gonna get older and die! Chase your dreams! <laughs> And that's the theme of this episode.
0: I guess, if you say so.
1: It was like being hit over the head with an inflatable toy hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of getting older, we cut to Tina and Mike.
0: Yeah, Tina's telling Mike that he should send in tapes of his dancing to dance schools, which I'm pretty sure how dance school audition applications work anyways.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Mike says, no, I'm actually going to, I already applied to Stanford. I'm going to go pre-med. My note here is LOL, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basically the rest of the scene is just mike being like look i really really want to dance professionally but my continued dancing is tearing my family apart my dad has not spoken to my mother and i for two whole episodes of glee at this point
0: <laughs> and who knows how long that is in real time
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, tina is like well maybe you should Tell your dad because I don't think you're a coward and I think you should dance. And he's like, Are you saying that? No, i no, she does call him a coward. Oh, she does call him a coward. Okay.
0: She says, Don't be a coward. If you want to dance, you have to commit to it a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, Don't call me a coward.
1: Mm-hmm. And he is upset about being called a coward, and he says maybe they shouldn't be together. My dad here is No <laughs>
0: Yeah, the mm, Tina Mike. It's good. It's sad, but it's good. Mm. <sighs> Acting.
1: Yeah. Tina and Mike are good, and then we cut to dance practice. Yep, and a fight.
0: They do one move, and Puck is like, "Guys, we might as well give up now. We'll never be able to win without the girls." And then, this is Rory watch. Uh, Rory <laughs> says, "Sir, girls are better than ham. I when they're dancing and mouse around, He can't help but watch them."
1: We get it. He's horny. <laughs>
0: Fellas, if your girl smells better than ham, remember to like and subscribe.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But yeah, basically, this is where we get another part of the fight. Or this is where we get the fight because Blaine is like, what if we do a twirl? (laughs) And he does a twirl. And then Sam's like, what if we did a body roll? Because Sam is pro-sex and Blaine is a Puritan, apparently.
0: I I I don't I don't know I don't even think it's that easy I think it's just this is a move that Sam is good at
1: yes. I think
0: both dance moves are suck yeah the, the, but but that's not even the point because I don't, I don't even know what the point is because how it works. so 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 Sam and Blaine are debating a body roll versus boy band spin and Finn is like I support Sam's body roll. And Blaine is like, well, I think Sam's a cheap sellout! Which is like, okay, that's a leap. And then Sam's just like, we should use our assets.
1: (laughs) Yes, and this is the part then where Blaine yells that he isn't for- That he, Blaine, isn't for sale. And obviously, this gets Sam incredibly, justifiably upset.
0: Yeah, and Blaine also says, that's just what you tell yourself so you can sleep at night.
1: Jesus Christ, Glee. This is the second time I've taken the name of the Lord in vain on this podcast. In this episode. Sam and Blaine fight and they have to get broken up. Physically separated. Oh no, they broke up. (laughs) No, that's next season, Tanner.
0: That's true.
1: And then we cut to Blaine, who is boxing?
0: Yeah. So yeah, so Blaine is- gay Blaine is gay boxing. And (laughs) he says he took it up when- he was bullied, and he also started the Dalton branch of Fight Club, which he obviously can't talk about. <laughs> and then Finn comes in, he's like, Blaine, I was jealous of you, because after Rachel, you're the most talented person in the club, uh, and I'm sorry, And uh, but we need to work together because we have a chance to do something great by winning sectionals. And Blaine is like, okay, because this subplot of Finn not being fond of Blaine Really went nowhere.
1: Yeah. I honestly kind of liked the scene. I think it was nice because it was Finn being... Finn was having the emotional support brain cell. He was like, look, I'm sorry, Blaine. Like, I felt threatened by your talent and how how well-rounded you are as a performer. Which is not something that he... Finn cannot be described as a well-rounded performer. His dancing is fine.
0: Yes. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But truly, it like it's not a bad scene. It just doesn't land as well with me because they have not yeah. given time to the subplot that yeah. they thought they had. At this point, they truly hadn't made Blaine expand beyond as a character beyond Kurt's boyfriend.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it would have, like you said, it would have gone over better, had more weight to it if there had been more, more, more build up. More previous t- previous character development, perhaps.
0: And they could have even had some of that happen in the first time. Like,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: Finn gets wind of Blaine to trying to seduce Kurt in 50% of the episode, or not seduce Kurt in the other 50% of the episode, and Finn just goes Big Brother mode <laughs> on him. Like, that could have also played into it.
1: To seduce or not to seduce? That is the question. <laughs> I mean,
0: for for one thing, if I was rewriting the episode, I definitely would have picked a side of Blaine being like, I either do or do not want to have sex at this point in my character development. But also, I would have had Finn immediately go on the "I am a protective big brother" front. But also, I'm jealous of Blaine's power.
1: Glee has the same problem as Power Rangers Dino Charge. The ensemble cast, you know (laughs) the the ensemble cast is very large, which means that character development is very unevenly distributed and is oftentimes inconsistent between episodes.
0: That's a common problem in a lot of ensembles, I feel, and I just think it says a lot about you that you immediately went to Dino Charge.
1: I went to the two linchpins that we both know about.
0: You, fair enough. <laughs> you could have said Grey's Anatomy.
1: Yeah, but I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, Tanner!
0: <laughs> Welcome to Loser Like Grey's, the Grey's Anatomy recap podcast. God... Today we're watching the episode where Meredith brings her mom's ashes to work in a baggie.
1: Now we don't have time to unpack all that.
0: Neither does Meredith, that's why she brought them to
1: work. God. Anyways! Anyway, so, that plot thread resolved, apparently. we <laughs> then We then cut to the hallway where Mercedes is walking by, and someone takes her hand. And it is Sam. And she says, Sam, we can't hold hands in the hallway. I've moved on, and you also should move on. And he's like, yeah, but... Now I'm back in Lama, Ohio, and I know you have a boyfriend, but have you considered that I am Sam Evans? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, no, because also Mercedes mentions, like, look, I am dating a linebacker on the football team, and he has a full ride scholarship to college. And, and he's built like a bulldozer. And he's, yeah. And then she walks away to leave him, and he says, I don't care how big or bad your boyfriend is, I'm gonna get you back! <laughs> And she smiles as she walks down the hallway where he can't see her. Yay! I'm like-
0: Because they're they're both good. And I love them, your honor.
1: I love them, your honor! And I just- I also can appreciate that we know that it's not gonna be- That this is not gonna be Sam trying to sabotage Mercedes and Shane's relationship. This is just Sam gonna be being himself- because he knows that sooner or later, Mercedes and he will be together.
0: Yeah. And happy this with is, This isn't Sam going, I'm going to ruin your relationship and trick you into liking me. This mm-hmm. is Sam saying, I've looked at the script and now you know you're going to like me eventually. So I'm just going to be a decent man until that happens.
1: <laughs> this is Sam saying, I like you. And I think you like me too. And I'm going to be around until we both realize how perfect we are for each other.
0: Uh, oh, it would have been great if Sam got to sing, I really, 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 really like you.
1: Oh, that would have been so fun, <laughs> just doing that, doing that vine with the with the cat owner doing that to their cat. let just just Sam
0: doing that to Mercedes. <laughs> oh no, that would be weird because that's another that's a human person. But it would have been fun if it no, was. No, I mean like, doing like don't... like the
1: like the pointing and the dancing, like I like you, oh, I gotcha. like you, I like you, I like you. <laughs> Mercedes, like, oh my god, stop! <laughs> but in an affectionate way.
0: Yes. But yeah. Anyways.
1: Time for Tina being a badass.
0: <laughs> we cut to the law offices of, I don't know, Chang Sr. and other people. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely, Mike's dad would definitely be a partner right now. He wouldn't have a like to stand on about criticizing Mike if he hadn't made partner by this time.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. So we 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 cut to Mike's dad's office, senior, senior, senior's office. And Tina's there with a the bootleg of West Side Story, which, you know, I'm pretty sure most high schools just... Okay, I'm sure most high schools just record the school performance, but this is McKinley, and they probably didn't have the money to, so it probably is technically a bootleg, now Mm -hmm. that I think about it. Yeah. (laughs) I have a DVD of my middle school performance of When in Rome.
1: I don't think any of my high school performances got, like, video recorded. Actually, no. No, I think we did on trips.
0: Fun fact, When in Rome is just Disney's Hercules with the serial numbers filed off.
1: (gasps) Oh, yeah! That's the one where you were the bathhouse senator, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I was the bathhouse senator on the left. <laughs> well, actually, the the plot is different from Hercules, but the songs are from Hercules. Ah, off.
1: gotcha. Look, we love to do things in a way that Disney cannot sue you for.
0: I'm pretty sure they could sue, the, could have sued them for the lyrics. Who puts the glad in gladiator, gladius? <laughs> Anyways, anyway, yeah, it's a bit like West Side Story. And Tina's mm-hmm. like, maybe if you watch this. <laughs> Maybe if you you sit down and watch West Side Story and see your son dancing, you'll calm down a little.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he, he says some stuff about how, like, you're never gonna get your dreams, Tina, performing arts is a scam. And she's like, hey, fuck you. I'm here, to- <laughs> performing is what I want to do, performing is what Mike wants to do. And if we don't dance, then we will die.
0: Yeah, the the less exaggerated version that I wrote down is, <laughs> he's like, okay, You also want to be an artist? Yep. And your parents know this? Yes. And they support you? Yes. They love me and they want to help me pursue my dreams. (laughs) And and Mike's dad says, they do love you, but they're lying to you because performing arts is hard and the path you're going down is nothing but heartbreak and misery. There's going to be so few opportunities. And she's like, yes, I'm aware. I've heard all the jokes about how, oh... Better hope they do a musical version of the Joy Luck Club or Vampires of a I think the musical, the first one, would actually be pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, that's that's Tanner <laughs> speaking. Yeah, yeah. But Tina doesn't care because this is what she and Mike were born to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And Mike Sr. doesn't say anything. He just pushes the DVD back to her. So she gets up to leave, but then she turns around and she says, You're always talking about honor. Mr. Chang, help, how about you help your son honor his gift?
1: Hey, Emily, could you put in that gif of... Zuko from Fire Island players going,
0: You heard it, Emily. Put a gif in the podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (sighs) I'm sorry, Christina. No, you're good. (laughs) It's just very hot in my apartment with the fan off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You gotta turn the AC back on so you (laughs) can... words properly
1: no we're good we're good
0: <laughs> i mean hey I, I i shouldn't cast stones because i was about to put tell emily to put in the no bitches meme before i realized that that is just an image as well <laughs> <laughs> mr chang how about you honor some bitches
1: <laughs> look emily if you can figure out how to put an image in an audio only medium uh i think you should go get a genius grant and make lots of money <laughs> This the technology. podcast is
0: presented with Describe Video, somehow.
1: <laughs> Describe Video is all we do. We're a podcast about a TV show. <laughs> anyway. Time for sectionals.
0: Yes. Okay. The They're warming up. Blaine is telling the band members to sing from the diaphragm, and Finn is telling them to just act like they know the words if they forget them, and hopefully no one will notice.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, their costumes look great.
0: Oh, it's so slick. They're they're putting uh, the the April Rhodes money to good use.
1: Absolutely. Because it's like, like the guys are in uh, white suit, like white tux jackets with black lapels, black pants, and the girls are in similar, uh, but they have also these like, kind of like poofy black netted skirts. And like, I forget what the name of the shoe is, but the one where it's like a, it's like a lace up the front, but it's like an ankle length boot. Looks very cool.
0: Yes. All two girls.
1: Yeah, all two girls in this glee club. My only other note for the scene was that Tina and Mike have a fight and then the Troubletones show up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like Mike is disappointed that Tina told his dad because his dad almost didn't let him come to the show tonight. And Tina's like, well, I'm disappointed in you for giving up on your dreams. (sighs) He did drama. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, so then the Troubletones show up, and they're like, listen, we have a contingency plan. If you guys lose and we win, then you guys can just join the Troubletones. Yeah. And the New Direction's like, fuck you! That's such a rude thing to say! And I'm sitting here like, no, that's pretty nice, actually. Yeah. That's, that's like borderline cheating nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was very kind of them to offer, but the...
0: Like, I- <laughs> in my memory... Like, before I watched this episode again, in my memory, I thought that they only extended the invitation to the girls. But no, that they extended to everyone. There can be boys in the girl group, too.
1: Good. I, I'm glad to hear... I, I'm glad that they were not limiting it to just the women of the group.
0: But yeah, they're like, hey, everyone... This, this is actually just like a huge loophole thing and everyone can join. And they're like, no, fuck you.
1: You know what's wild? What if what if the offer was only we will offer, we will invite anyone in the new directions who is currently here to join the trouble Tones. Which means ah! no, no Rachel! Ah! Rachel's gonna be the one who goes and gets them the Gatorade the, the sports bottles of water.
0: <laughs> I would love that
1: actually. <laughs> yeah. And my other note here is Quinn harasses Shelby and everyone's like Quinn what the fuck?
0: Yeah, she's like, isn't Puck just a star in every way, Shelby? And, like, Shelby is stone-faced, and Santana has, like, her eyes going back and forth between the two of them. Like, what What the f- what is- what is Fabre doing with schemes? I'm the one who's supposed to scheme.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, blissfully, we got to the judges for today. I wrote down who they are. Yay. The three judges for sectionals are DMV Employee of the Month Randy Engelbert. <laughs> From the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, the Honorable Judge Dorothy Saunders. And Tickles, Ohio's birthday clown three years running. Yep. Who Sugar is hype for. (laughs) And then Rachel is just, Rachel is just so devastated that she can't help. We love a consequence.
0: Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) But the first performers are the Unitards At which point Kurt leans over to Rachel like Oh shit, it's the Gerber baby
1: Yes, and like, first off The Unitards is a terrible name for a show choir It's not even a pun!
0: Uh, You know, unlike all the other great names for show choirs in the show Like Nude Erections Warblers Throat Explosion
1: Warblers is good Treble Tones are good Vocal Adrenaline is good Unitards?
0: Nah They're not even wearing unitards.
1: No, they're not. They're in, like, red dresses and, like, sparkly undone ties that are stitched to their shirts.
0: Yep. So Lindsay Pierce, as Harmony, gets to sing Buenos Aires from Evita, and Mm. it's really, really good. It's good. I could see Evita in your future, Lindsay Pierce.
1: God willing, and the creek don't rise. (laughs) Maybe when she's in with Mean Girls, they'll say, hey, you want to be Evita?
0: (laughs) You want to just take all the roles that Lily Michelle wishes she could do?
1: God, could you imagine? But yeah, Kurt and Rachel are shook. And so is Will, actually, by how good harmony is, which is correct. But yeah, I mean, that's the scene.
0: Well, also, near the end of the scene, Quinn leaves and Rachel sees, so she follows. Mm-hmm. And Rachel says, Quinn, if you want to be a destructive force in the universe, that's your business. But at least wait until after the tones perform, because I don't want us to win through disqualification.
1: Yeah, and also, she also said something about, like, look... Waiting to dis- waiting to ruin Shelby's life until after the triple tones perform will also be kind to our friends <laughs> who are in the group. Yeah. Like, do you want to make Santana and Brittany and Mercedes sad?
0: <laughs> well, Brittany and Mercedes sad. Santana will kill you.
1: Yes. And Quinn is like, mm, don't feel good about that. And then Rachel, as she's leaving, says, also, consequences suck.
0: <laughs> yep. But Quinn presses on. Uh, She finds Shelby, who is on the phone with the sitter, and it sounds like she's getting ready to leave anyways, because Beth has a fever. Mm-hmm. And Quinn's like, I'm gonna tell Figgins, and you're gonna get fired. And Shelby says, well, whatever, I'm ending it anyways, not that there's much of an it to end. Yeah. So here's here's the whole conversation. You're so young and pretty, don't talk down to me. It goes away, you know. Not the pretty, but the young. It happens really slow, and you don't even notice it, and then one day everyone feels different. I can't wait to be different! (laughs) Don't wish away your life. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. I think I thought being with an 18-year-old would make me feel 18 again, but mostly it just made me feel older. Anyway, I'm going to enjoy my last few hours of being a teacher. I recommend you enjoy being on that stage. And then they announce the trouble tones, and then Shelby does say that she's sorry, Quinn, and I am of two hearts on this conversation. Yeah, sure. Mainly because the the moral being delivered to Quinn is mostly correct, I think. Just mm-hmm. in the sense that she's consumed by this idea that once she grows up and has a baby, everything will be fine and normal mm-hmm. and her life will be perfect mm-hmm. instead of enjoying the now. But also the, and I'm willing to <laughs> I know we've spent like the past like months saying that it's fucked up for Shelby to sleep with Puck and it is. Yes. But the fact that he is 18 does let me... I'm more willing to put forgiveness on Shelby if she actually did more culpability with her actions of sleeping with him. Like, she yeah. apologizes. But she she could have said something like, it was wrong and manipulative, and I shouldn't have put you in the position. I think her apology... The, the lesson is correct. The apology is half-assed. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then the other thing... Another thing mm-hmm. on here is the fact that, like, Quinn feels this way. It's not coming from a vacuum. It is because a lot of the adults in her life have let her down.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like they could have addressed that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> where it's
0: like, the, the you're exactly where are supposed to be line. I feel like Quinn could have shot back with something like, I'm where I'm supposed to be because people kept taking advantage of me. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad took advantage of me because he thought I was perfect. Puck took advantage of me and got me pregnant. You took advantage of me by showing up here and making me relive all my stuff about Beth. Mm-hmm. That that right. that thought is less fully baked in my head uh, yeah. because it did come to me at quarter to midnight.
1: <laughs> my biggest takeaways from this were that uh, Shelby needs antidepressants and Quinn is so far in the closet. <laughs> like
0: Really? I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I didn't sense anything extremely bisexual in this scene. <laughs> Who said, who said bisexual? <laughs> y- well, you said in the closet.
1: Yes. I said Quinn.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I'm, I don't know.
0: I'm missing something.
1: My, my point was like, Qu- Quinn is just so, she feels so displaced. And I'm just like, it's because you're not straight, Quinn. <laughs> and also the trauma from religion. But
0: Okay. So it's, it's just a general vibe.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the general vibes that this is... I'm- and also just, God, I'm so glad for this plot to be done with.
0: Yeah, it's done. We'll never address it again.
1: (sighs) And also, I kind of got the vibes that Shelby was like, I'm off to enjoy my last hours of being a teacher. Like, yeah, go ahead and tell Figgins about me. I dare you.
0: (laughs) I mean, she still should have.
1: Yeah. Spoilers
0: for the end of the episode, but she still should have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even if Puck is legally of age, he is still a student. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Anyway, time for a, a fucking phenomenal mood swing.
0: <laughs> God, fuck yes. Okay, so dude, do piano intro. They start off the trouble tones. They're singing "I Will Survive" by Gloria Gaynor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really good. And mm-hmm. uh, while they're singing, Finn leads over to Blaine. He's like, "Oh, we got this for sure." And they fist bump. No, you because don't. One scene, and they're friends now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Also, no, y'all don't got this yet.
0: Yeah, because then when they hit the chorus, uh, newsflash, it's a mashup with Survivor by Destiny's Child with the sapphic tangos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a very, it's a very well-blended mashup.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: The choreography is very, like, workout video, aside from the tango, (laughs) which is incredible.
0: They do, they do have a whacking sequence. What? The, it's- Oh, whacking dance are
1: moving. of the the
0: situation. That's a style called whacking. They Mm -hmm. have a whacking section. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, I hadn't. I hadn't pinpointed that as the specific dance style. So thank you.
0: Yeah, it's it's during the second verse Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. when
0: they do the survivor verse.
1: Yes, it's very fun. Their hair is going all over the place, and we see Sam just like vibing in the wings. Like, wow, Mercedes is so cool. Yeah, (laughs) it's also nice because at the end, uh, everyone. Like, everyone is up and dancing in the audience, which is great.
0: Yeah, it truly is, uh, really, really good.
1: hmm I do still think that I liked Rumor Has it Someone Like You more, but that's the difference between an A performance and an A-plus performance.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now time for some other performances.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get a commercial break. And then when we come back, we go straight into uh, New Directions performances. And I say performances because the Unitards and the Trebletones each got one, New Directions gets three.
0: Bane character syndrome!
1: Yeah. And they start with ABC by the Jackson 5. Yes. And I like this number. It's fun. It's
0: also really good. I've always liked this number. It is especially good because the soloists for this number are Kurt, Tina, Mike, and Quinn.
1: Yes. I really love that they're, like, passing the solos around the group.
0: Mm -hmm. This is
1: what happens when Rachel isn't here!
0: And the choreography is really good for this one, too.
1: It's so good.
0: Uh, And and Damien and Corey are trying their best, even though they do kind of dance like they're underwater.
1: I think this is the part where I wrote that Corey keeps up with the dancing, even if he's still watching and following Harry's moves. Yeah, Compare season one, episode one, Finn, or even the part where he broke Rachel's nose, to this incredible. It he, what it is
0: is he's he's doing all the moves and he's doing them in time. It's just a matter of he's he's still clunky while he's doing them. Mm-hmm. But like Corey's been doing it for so long, sometimes like by season four, I was wondering, do they tell Corey to do it a little bit worse just to stay in character? Because he's probably mm-hmm. pretty decent at dancing by this point.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Damien, meanwhile, is just kind of... <laughs> they're putting him in the back as often as they can.
1: Yeah, they put him and a bassist and drummer in the back, which is fine. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part at the end where when they're singing like, Shake it, shake, baby. And like, Sam gets up a front and he does a body roll. <laughs> and we cut to Mercedes in the audience just sitting there with like her hand on her face like, Oh my god, this man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Kurt does his move with like the ribbons on his hips.
1: <laughs> he does he does. I didn't notice that was what it was. I was like, "Oh cool, Kurt does the I think I love yeah
0: the, yeah, that is kind of what the move is. He also vaults <laughs> over Mike, which is pretty dope. he
1: does it's so cool,
0: at least I think it's I think it's Mike it could also be Finn, which is even more impressive,
1: yeah, really, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and then. They all stop and reposition themselves for the second number, which is Control.
0: By Janet Jackson.
1: Yeah, by Janet Jackson. And Quinn gets to take what I wrote down as the supervillain intro.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, more like the the, the super, super heroine intro. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got vibes, but it's about taking back control. Because yes. this is a story about control. And... I think Quinn should have been allowed to sing more of this song. What the fuck is Artie doing here? <laughs> Sorry, Artie, but leave. This is this is a Quinn song. Yeah. We'll pull it blade in here too, so it sells on iTunes. But this should have been a Quinn song.
1: That would have been cool.
0: She's finally taking back control.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also a lot of fancy footwork, which I love.
0: <laughs> yes. and it, So oddly enough, it feels like Corey and Damien were better with the choreography for this one because they could shoot them from the waist up.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I just realized something that we didn't mention was that during mm-hmm. ABC Oh, that's right. During ABC, like midway through the number, we see someone enter the auditorium and it's it's Mike Chang Sr. And he comes in and he sits down hilariously next to Sebastian! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so Mike spots his dad and there's a brief slow-mo where he's like, My dad uh, no he's like and, he's like my dad and the, also there's a slow-mo when kurt spots sebastian and he has a face where it looks like he's about to leap off the stage and just ruckus this boy
1: <laughs> god could you imagine we should ask riley how many show choir competitions included fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> isn't like hockey
0: <laughs> and also they at like midway through each song the the audience stands and starts clapping and then they sit down again Uh, But during both these times, Mike Chang Sr. does not move. Yes. He is not moved by this emotion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He dislikes smiling and contorts the face.
1: (laughs) God bless.
0: Anyways, Jam Woo Woo, now it's time for Man in the Mirror. Woo Woo! Man in the Mirror is Blaine, Finn, Artie, Puck, and Sam. And it didn't need to be, but it is.
1: I can understand why they did it this way because they they have 12 performers and only two of them are women. But okay,
0: so listen. If if so, they had Kurt. T, if they just did Kurt, Tina, Mike, and Quinn for ABC, and then they did Blaine and Quinn for Control, that would have left Artie, Finn, Puck, and Sam, and, and then Damian. also Quinn. <laughs> the point is that Quinn should have been singing in all of these songs.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree. You know what could have been cool too if they had the leads on this be the Justin Bieber experience.
0: That. Isn't it? Oh, I guess they swapped out Mike for Finn on this one.
1: And they added Blaine, so. They did. I like it.
0: What if Control had been Quinn and Rory?
1: Oh, <laughs> um, I'm I'm sorry. I don't think Damien would have done well with Control.
0: He, I would have loved to see Damien try his best. I, Damien, I know you're oh, a cooter, yeah. but that, that's all the reason why I want to see you try your hand at more pop stuff. Yeah. Just for the spectacle of it.
1: He would have definitely done his best.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm in control. God. Yeah. Anyways, Mike Sr. F- decides to make that change. And he does stand up to clap.
1: Because there's the part about, like, if you if you close your heart, then you close your mind or something like that. And that's the part that finally seems to get through to him. And we see, we see random cuts to Will tearing up in the wings. And then we also get to see Santana and Brittany just, like, vibing in the audience. They're doing, like, a fun, like, arm dance, which is great. Yeah, And at the end of it, Mike gets the last sign, which is, make that change. And applause. And also, apparently the Glee Wiki noted that their set list for sectionals, like, chronicles a journey through life with childhood for ABC and young adulthood for control and adulthood for Man in the Mirror. And I don't think that anyone put that much thought into it, but I'm glad that the Glee Wiki is trying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what... (laughs) They're not wrong, but also I don't think that was the plan.
1: Yeah, they're not wrong, but also probably wasn't intentional.
0: <laughs> when did, I, th- I think it might just be chronological order.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> Cause, oh, hang on. I want to check. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Or it might just be the fact, like, it's good to start with, I think in generally, it's good to have act one be the upbeat number, act two be like a minor key number. I don't know if control is a minor key number. And then <laughs> have the last number be a smooth thing. Yeah. You you generally want to have two hypes and a smooth.
1: <laughs> two hypes and a smooth. <laughs> I like that.
0: Oh, it is chronological, barely, because Control came out in '86 and Man the Mirror came out in '88.
1: Oh, nice. Because
0: this is also like this was Jackson when Michael Jackson fever had kind of struck the nation. They definitely knew that they were going to be doing the Michael Jackson tribute later this season when they planned the set list.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he passed in 2009, I think.
0: 2010. No, no, you're right. It was 2009 because I remember like... it was. Because I, I remember vividly, it was my parents had already moved back to Regina, and I had like a week of living with my grandmother just to finish off my 11th grade, and mm-hmm. so it was when I was like watching TV with her and the news broke.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. But that'll be later this season.
0: Yes. Uh, in the mind tomb, everyone applauds happy happy, <laughs> and everyone's hyped at how well they did as they rush into the choir room. Uh Quinn and Tina do, like, a tango into the room, and then they break (laughs) off, and Quinn runs to give Rory a big hug.
1: I'm glad that the cast was appreciating, Rory, even if the writers weren't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Mike also gives Tina a spin hug, and he's so excited that his dad came, and Tina also can't believe that his dad came, Mm. and his dad comes in because he also can't believe that he's here.
1: Yeah. And they- he calls- he says, Mike, can I- Michael, can I talk to you in the hallway? Actually, can I talk to both of you in the hallway? So he's including Tina progress. But then he tells them, like, look, I don't think he actually says I'm sorry, but he does tell Mike, you have my blessing to go to dance school, but make sure you go to the best dance
0: school. I mean, it it is in character because I don't, yeah, I don't think Mike Chang Sr. ever realizes that he did something wrong, but this is like, okay, Michael, you have proven that this is something you're passionate about and you can do.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Which is like, c- could be worse. And it's, it's probably de- like, you know, they'll they'll do family therapy in a few years, I'm sure. And they'll oh, yeah. work it out.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's nice because also when Dad Chang says, like, you should apply to the best dance schools. Mike is like, they, they give each other a hug. And then Mike is like, I don't know. if I think the deadlines might have passed. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I sent in applications for you. I kind of had to forge your signature, though. And he says, I love you so much. <laughs> this is the crime that I will condone.
0: Yes. <laughs> Be Tina, do crimes.
1: <laughs> be Tina, do crimes! Do crimes <laughs> Do crimes in season three. Yep. Only in season three, Tina. Please, dear God, I'm begging you. Or do do crimes your
0: whole life, but only if they're noble.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Put Jenna Ushquitz in leverage.
1: That would be fun.
0: It would be fun. You know what? Jenna Ushquitz is going to be on Dancing with the Stars one day. This is just something that my heart tells me.
1: Good. She should be.
0: She should be. Anyways, we cut back to the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tickles is there. As an award-winning clown, I'd just like to say it's nice for once to be working with kids who are just sick with talent. Crickets.
1: Yeah, nobody is happy about that. (laughs) Just see the pop-up over his head, nobody liked that.
0: (laughs) Anyways, in third place is the Unitarbs. They're super excited, which I always find hilarious, because it was a three-team competition. You did get last place. I don't care (laughs) if there's a trophy.
1: Yeah, it is still a large trophy, though, and... As they're walking off stage, Kurt goes up to Harmony and he he congratulates her. And she says, just, and like clutching this giant ass trophy. She says, just think, I'm already this good and I'm just a sophomore. Next year is going to be a bloodbath. With like, you can tell there's like a little smiley face added onto the end of that as she's saying it.
0: (laughs) Damn bro, I wish that was true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go forth and be a menace. Sadly, series wrap on Lindsay Pierce.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay, but- (laughs) isn't that sad i mean Lindsay got out she got out early look
1: i'm sad to see her go
0: but you'll love to see her walk away
1: <laughs> i'm sad that we will no longer get to see her in the context of glee but i'm very glad that she goes and she's elphaba and she's janice and god knows where she's gonna go next
0: <laughs> Vita, who else should, could she play fucking bomb ballerina um, uh the squip
1: Eponine or cosette
0: I, I've forgotten every girl in a musical.
1: <laughs> one of the princesses in Into the Woods.
0: Um, what's her name from Oliver and Company? Nancy. Nancy? Her name is Nancy?
1: Pretty sure, yeah. Well, and I guess it's also
0: Oliver, not Oliver and Company, because Oliver and Company is the one with the pets.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, many good things. Anyway, award Ceremony. Treble Tones gets second place. New Directions gets first place. The Treble Tones are incredibly sad. Quinn gloats. Yeah, it's-
0: <laughs> we see all the new directions celebrating and then it's cuts to Quinn who's like she's happy and then she looks over and we follow her look to the trouble tones who are just standing there distraught and all the lights go off except for one spotlight on them because this is what depression feels like
1: yeah and then we like have this like pan around them and we see that the auditor that the auditorium is empty and the lights shut off one by one until all the lights shut off on the trouble tones and like you might have won first place, but this is not a victory. <laughs> but yeah, question for you, Tanner. Okay. Yeah. If you were to average out the performances by New Directions and compare them to the Troubletones, who do you think should have won?
0: Uh, see, I think New Directions was better overall, but I think of Troubletones saying more than one song.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And plus, how good would that have been for the New Directions egos? Like, no. You were actually not statistically better than the show choir that started because people were feeling overlooked by you guys, and they're actually better than you. But instead, it just affirmed, like, no, you're not better than the rest of the Glee kids. And I don't like that for Mercedes and Santana and Brittany. And also Sugar, to a certain extent.
0: But here's the thing, though. If the New Directions did lose, there wouldn't be a plot anymore.
1: Yeah... Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, cut to a moment that has been the star of every of every Faberry gift set on Tumblr since it aired.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Rachel exits the uh, the Figgins' office, the Figgins' office, uh, mm-hmm. wearing a rather fetching yellow beret. I just like to say, actually I think it's the same yellow beret that Ryan Murphy wears, which Explains a lot. Um, anyways, she (laughs) declares that her suspension is over, and hopefully the Niata admissions board will interpret it as her spirit of artful rebellion. Yeah. And Quinn's like, uh, by the way, thank you for telling me not to report Shelby for being sexually (laughs) (laughs) hinky. Which is like, you still should. Like, you very much still should.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, well, I don't know. Maybe, because now I'm thinking no, because that really would wreck Beth's life, so maybe you should just blackmail her instead. (laughs) That would have been very Glee and very in-character Quinn. if Quinn got, like, one last scene with Shelby, where she was like, Shelby, I'm not going to report you, but I want you to take Beth, give her the best life possible, and if I ever find out you're teaching again in Ohio, then I will come after you like a sack of bricks.
1: Ooh. That's a good point.
0: Just because, like, yeah, Beth, I don't want Beth to get shunned to the foster system because the foster system is the foster system. Yes. But also, you know, Shelby can't keep getting away with this.
1: I want the women in the very line to have consequences.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, really consequences or at least culpability. Mm-hmm. If, if she if she had done a better apology, if she had recognized the fact that she was being manipulative, I would have been willing to grant leeway towards her. Mm-hmm. But she, she's like, "Quint, Quint, I'm sorry that I have your baby and you have postpartum depression."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's morally gray, which I guess is Glee. Yeah, really. <laughs> Who needs Game of Thrones when you have Glee?
1: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and Quinn and Rachel have this moment where Rachel says, we're kind of friends, huh? And Quinn says, yeah, we're kind of friends. And we also then, Quinn tells everyone that she's going to be applying to Yale because she doesn't know if she wants to go specifically into performing, but she also she also doesn't want to apply to Niata, So she's going to do Yale because apparently they also have a good drama program.
0: <laughs> she's She's not a singer like Kurt and Rachel, but she does like to perform and she can definitely uh, nail all the parts where the girl cries.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Rachel has a sweet little moment where she's like, you're a lot better than you know. And is it, Qu- is it Rachel who says you could do me a favor? Or is it Quinn who says, could you do me a favor?
0: So Rachel says, I can help you with your application if you want. And Quinn says, no, but you can do me a favor in a different way. Wink. No. <laughs> Wonk. <laughs> Wonk. <laughs> Uh, So then it cuts to the bathroom where the trouble tones are commiserating. Mercedes Mm -hmm. says that they should have won. Brittany thinks it could have gone either way. Santana thinks it's just because Sam's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, again, supports my theory that, like, Santana's only a lesbian romantically and she is still, like, physically attracted to men. She just has no romance to go alongside it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a fair take. But yeah, and then Quinn walks in and she tries to kind of make amends with them and basically says, like, look, YOLO. (laughs) <laughs> and long longer than that she's like look we're all still in high school I don't want to lose your friendships like I would like for us to still be friends and when we're 27 or 87 we can look back and think about all the good times that we had together and we won't have that if we aren't friends for the rest of senior year slash into college and uh, shades of Quinn to come uh, she negotiated that if they would like to take her up on the offer The treble tones could be in, could be like a, not like a splinter group, but like they could still be an ensemble within New Directions and that they will get to sing one, like one number on their own per competition, which would include regionals and nationals. And they're like, yeah, but Barry and Schuster will never agree to that. And she's like, they actually already did. So just think about it. I love you. Bye.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, we're working on a number in the auditorium. We could use more than three women.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. And Kurt. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we do cut to the auditorium mm-hmm. uh, where they're singing "We Are Young" by Fun, a lowercase period,
1: and featuring Janelle Monae.
0: That's true, barely. Yeah. I mean it's it's kind of weird that this was like the first time Janelle Monae broke into the mainstream, and it's mm-hmm. like you're barely here. Like
1: it is how I discovered her music. <laughs>
0: I'm saying I'm glad she got more.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. they are young tonight.
1: Tonight.
0: <laughs> and then the the Troubletones main characters, just just the main girls, not the extraneous Cheerios that were probably like paid for.
1: I just wrote down the names Troubletones.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's Sugar, Santana, Brittany, Mercedes show up, mm-hmm. and they take the second part of the chorus.
1: Yeah, they walk in and they're kind of just standing there awkwardly with, like, hands clasped together in the background, like, I don't know if we're supposed to be here or not. And then Mercedes takes the, wah! And everyone is like, Mercedes!
0: <laughs> um, And this is a song where I wish they did sing the whole last song instead of cutting the second verse. Mm-hmm. Because the second verse is, is... M- a majority like by the trouble tones, and it would've been nice if it was like there's th- if we had a scene of them <gasps> oh, singing God, that while we're walking yeah. down the halls, and then like the two groups combined for the second chorus yeah. instead of the first chorus, which then goes immediately into the bridge.
1: Yeah, because the second verse is now. I know that I'm not all that you've got, but I guess that I I just thought that maybe we could find new ways just to not. fall apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but our friends are back, so raise a glass. <laughs>
0: Cause I found someone to carry me home, and then while they're doing the "carry me home tonight," yeah, they all run towards each other. Specifically, we have like Quinn and Kurt welcoming Mercedes back into the group. <laughs> Qu-
1: Quinn tangoes with Mercedes over.
0: <laughs> Rory goes to Brittany, and they do a spin hug. I think Artie gives Sugar a ride in his lap.
1: Yeah, she literally jumps onto his lap.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Santana gets the- The, the angels descant. never arrive, but I can hear the choir. And oh. like when it cuts back to the slowdown part of the chorus, Rachel walks over to Santana in a very uh, Pesbury way, and <laughs> and and takes her hand and carries her back, and then when they get back to the group at large, Santana hugs Finn-
1: I have a screenshot of that, too.
0: God, it's so good. I think we need two <laughs> pictures for the episode, actually.
1: I got it. I gotcha. <laughs>
0: God,
1: it's just really so...
0: good. And this is they're how, so I mean, the good. number, after the number, Will is like, yeah, and then it ends, but it's, this number ends the episode. And it ends up with yeah. such a great note.
1: Yeah. And specifically, like, everyone is, sta- like, they're all sitting in a circle and they're all happy and laughing and clapping. And then Will just comes and going, Hey! <laughs> I just want to just like shove him back out of the student circle, be like, no, get back out of the episode, Will. You've only had five lines. Leave. They're all terrible. Yeah. This is really an episode where I did not mind that the adults were barely present.
0: Yes, because they shouldn't be. Yeah. Anyways, that's the episode.
1: Fun trivia about this musical number in particular. This was Rachel's 100th solo in Glee. I hate that. Yeah. Go away. Also, fun fact about the general episode at whole. When this episode was airing live, Glee got eight out of nine possible trending topics on Twitter at the time. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, I don't remember what they were all about, but Wikipedia had cited, I think it was some tweets from Ian about like, oh, wow, we've got six trending topics. And like, nope, actually, we have eight because I forgot that white chocolate was us. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently everyone on Twitter agreed that they were very happy to have Sam back. And I want to quote Ray Vada, who wrote the review for this episode for Billboard, and Ray summarized it this way. It was a glee that felt like the plots were dealt as fast as humanly possible to cram in as much singing and dancing as we can.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, they they didn't get in very deep to that whole uh, eight-hour round trip to Kentucky and back. Mm-hmm. They reached Kentucky six minutes into the episode. Yes. Just to have an idea of how fast and wild everything was coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wrote down at the end plot threads that got resolved. Mike's dad doesn't want him to dance. Finn and Blaine's tension. Quinn's postpartum depression. Eh, yeah, kinda. Shelby and Puck. Kinda. And New Directions versus Trouble Tones. Eh, yeah, kinda. Probably. And that's- that's six plot threads <laughs> that they wrapped up in this episode. Again, they were trying to just- Finish everything off so they can hit the back half of season three, and I say back half, but this is only episode eight. Yeah, <laughs> out of twenty-three.
0: We 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 have a Christmas break.
1: Yes, and then it is we, we non-stop. have a break for
0: Christmas, truly. But okay, so uh, uh, what's 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 your gold star song?
1: Um, I know probably going to be a bit of a cold shot, but I do really love "We Are Young."
0: I do too. I
1: love a kid get back together. I love a happy. <laughs> I love a happy team. <laughs>
0: I I adore We Are Young because it's a litany against interpersonal drama and going forward, the group really doesn't. They're not at each other's throats to the degree that they have been the past two and a half seasons. Good. And all the drama comes from the fact that oh, we are growing up and growing apart now on. Mm hmm. They're like finally, we we found it. Character development.
1: <laughs> finally, the girls will no longer be fighting. <laughs>
0: Presidential alert is over. <laughs> What's your gold star moment?
1: I kind of want to make it Tina. Tina standing up for Mike's dreams when he does not or cannot. Tina believing in Mike when no one else does.
0: Yeah, I also agree with that.
1: <laughs> and also, Tina, Tina, I forged your, I forged my boyfriend's signature so that he can succeed in his dreams. Kohen Chang. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Are you struggling to pick a worst?
1: Uh... Kind of, because, like, like overall, I did really enjoy this episode. I, I think there were a lot of good points to it, and I honestly can't think of... The only moment I can think of that just made me go, meh, was Sebastian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Sebastian's gonna do what Sebastian's gonna do.
1: I know, but that was the only moment I can think of in this episode that, like, hit me like a lead balloon.
0: Okay, well... My issues are, you know, the sex work shaming and oh, the yeah. uh, Shelby not apologizing properly to to my uh, standards. And the fact that Quinn doesn't get a solo in every Jackson number. So do you want to pick one of those?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I will do uh, anti-sex work. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to pick?
0: I'm going to pick Shelby's apology isn't good enough.
1: There you go. Nice. Nice! You want to close the podcast? Yee. Yeah. Lose Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Like Me Pod on Twitter and at Pod at gmail.com. Uh, next time, it's gonna be Christmas, baby. It's a crisis. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be an episode that we will truly need a guest to help us through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and until next time...
1: Tanner, don't die!
0: Three, two... <laughs> and that's what and you miss, on, on Just go, go ahead and grab, grab a chair and listen, listen now. As we, we riff the show, show, Tanner and Christina are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab, show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, listening you're listening to Loser Like Me. me. Vizzer Like Me Vizzer Like Me